Michelle, and I'll be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin School. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that produce a sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English, English language until some 1,400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus or Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud is no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walk the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, 
what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of a Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in the vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute are as follows. First up, you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law, or so-called law of nature, and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, save the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture reading tonight will be John, the 14th chapter, and that will please be read by Dr. Delilah Tucker of the Madison, Wisconsin School. And if we could begin class tonight with a prayer from Dr. Alice Seward of the Madison, Wisconsin School. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Let us all bow our hearts and minds. Ask Yahshua to bless us with some peace and stillness. And let us lay aside all the distractions of this world and this life. For this time, He's put aside to bring us together to learn more of him. And his purpose to this creation. We ask that he open our hearts and minds to what he 
may have to show us this evening. And that he aid us in paying attention and focusing on what's being said. We thank him for all the blessings he's given us. And with that, we can say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening. I'll be reading John, the 14th chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Master, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Yahshua said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Master, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Yahshua said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works, sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works then these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, and he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas said unto him, Not Iscariot, Master, 
how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Yahshua answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and he will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Hello? Michelle, are you there? I did unmute myself, but unfortunately, you didn't I hear what again. You said. Okay, well, we're going to start again. I'm so sorry about that. Our readers tonight will be Dr. Mike Josephson of the Green Bay, Wisconsin School, and Dr. Kelly Gagno of the Madison, Wisconsin School, and myself will be a backup reader. Welcome, everyone, tonight. We're glad you're here. Welcome to all class members and visiting branch members as well as returning visitors and anyone watching on YouTube tonight. We're glad to have you here with us. Tonight, we will start with a three-speaker format, with each speaker receiving approximately 35 minutes. At the five-minute mark, you will see a sign on the screen. Just please acknowledge when you've seen that sign. And the first speaker that we would like to invite on the floor is Dr. Tracy Wilcox of the Artport New York class. Thank you. Good evening, brethren. Good evening. Good evening. Hi, Tracy. Hi, I um, it's funny. I visited Green Bay last night, and I was so inspired by uh, Peg's testimony because she was working on the Pinestead transcript. And um, so last night I was like inspired, and tonight when we're reading through the. Scripture reading, 
I'm like, huh, nothing's really fucking, or, you know, uh, it's all good. It's just that, you know, there are times when you're moved. And so I don't know if I have anything to share. Um, I'm really, really grateful to be with you guys tonight. And um, just to be able to even um, come and hear this gospel because it is the greatest thing that we've you know ever come to in your life and um i know that for myself when i have challenges and stuff that it's the teaching and the witnesses of yashua All right. I'm not sure if Tracy signed off yet, otherwise we lost you. But our next speaker was... will please our next speaker will please be Dr. Steve Gagnon, Dean of the Madison, Wisconsin School. Oops, sorry. Tracy, were you done? No, her internet cut out. Oh, that's what it was. Back. Okay. Yeah. I thought she was I just put it in the thing that I would go next. <laughs> Not this soon, but okay. <laughs> All right. Um, good evening. Good evening. And uh, it's always a pleasure to get together and have something. And I didn't go to the Green Bay class last night and listen to that, but I did. It was recorded, so I got a chance to listen to the first two and a half speakers almost all of the third with Dennis, but then it was something came up with dinner and I had to deal with it. So I'll get back to finishing it out. But uh, yeah, it was a inspiring class. And uh, I mean, I uh, Peggy got up first and didn't mince any words and got going, you know, and uh, I'm just going to take a few minutes to pick up the people who come and watch us that I'm not sure about who they were. And so just as in our moderation, uh, we give all glory and honor unto Yahweh for giving a vision and a revelation to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. And the state of Ohio in the year 1931, we say this every moderation. We give, you know, he we didn't worship Dr. Kinley. Yahweh gave him a vision and a revelation, which is key. And uh, he went about to set up a school after that time, and he has since passed on. But uh, he taught us things like the value of having a witness. None of this stuff of I think, I think. He always spoke with authority and gave us witness and evidence in the scriptures. Uh, can I get that? Search the scriptures for in them. In John 5 and 39, in the Gospel of John. John 5 and 39. Thank you, Michael. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Is it and or but? Well, here it's and. Oh, you got an and in there. Okay. Well, yeah. and they are they which testify of me. I think mine says but, but okay. So this is the Messiah. It's red letters. If Mike's reading out of a King James, and the you know, it's the Messiah's words. So they put them in red letters. 
And he's telling, and this is life. Can you read it again, Mike? Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. They testify of the Messiah. So you have to ask yourself one thing that, you know, a simple question like, what are the scriptures? You know, I was raised a Catholic and we had Bibles that had Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all the way to Revelations and the Psalms. So uh, the Catholics obviously think those are the scriptures. But when the Messiah's saying search the scriptures, he hasn't even gone through his death, burial, resurrection. And Matthew, Mark, Luke and John haven't written a thing. So obviously he's not talking about them. So we uh, Isaiah 8 and 20 for me, please. These are just some basic things just to point out why we go to the beginning of the book, the middle of the book, and the back of the book. <clears throat> go ahead. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So this is Isaiah. He's a prophet. He's sending. He was sent to the children of Israel because they had gone in and worshipped other gods, and they were they were disputing over the just they had so many divisions going on and he's telling them look to the law and to the testimony if anyone's speaking according to anything else it's because there's no light in them or no revelation of the truth so searching the scriptures Yahshua is saying the messiah is saying is the way to go and isaiah is saying that's the way to go it was the it was yahweh who spoke through those prophets and so on and so forth so so this is where we start and we've come down here tonight. And I just wanted to throw a couple of those things out. And now we had a scripture reading tonight, which was John, the 14th chapter. Now, this uh, chapter is per Yahshua is the name of the Messiah. There is no J in Hebrew, Greek or Latin or any of these languages. And the, the letter J is like four to five hundred years old at best. So there was no J. There was no Jesus. There was, there is no Jerusalem. If you listen to this whole war thing, they don't use the letter J at all. Even it's not Jerusalem to them. We call it Jerusalem, but that's just some made-up letter thing that we have. There's, they don't have any Johns. It's Yohan. It's Jerusalem. It's all these kind of things. So there's no J, no Jesus. So the name was Yahshua. You know, I'm just going over a little of this. So in this scripture reading. This is Yahshua speaking in red letters again. And he's the scripture reading. He's talking to his disciples. He's got the 12 disciples, which after his death, burial, and resurrection will become the 12 apostles, minus Judas and plus Paul. Got to put that in there because that's the way it is. And uh, so he's talking to them and he's telling them he's been with them for some three and a half years. And he's telling them that he's got to go away. And they're not, they don't know what he's talking about. They don't know the purpose yet of what he came in to do. They don't realize that the Messiah came in to put an end to the law that was given to the children of Israel. Back at Mount Sinai, this chart here has the children of Israel out in the wilderness. And this is where they came through the Red Sea after being in Egypt, and Yahweh spoke to them from the mount and gave them a covenant. So they had a covenant and an agreement 
And people think to, in the world that the Ten Commandments was given to all of us. It was only given to the Jews and the Jews only or the children of Israel, which is more proper because the children of Israel, Israel's the one that had 12, 12 children and they had 12 tribes and 12 sons and they each had an inheritance later on when they went up into Canaan's land. So it's the children of Israel. The Jews just comes from the uh, Judah. The tribe of Judah was the kingship tribe. So they call them out of the kingship tribe. They call them Jews or Judah. That's where that comes from. But anyhow, he's telling him, I'm going away. Can we read in 14, please, so I can get done talking and start listening here? Yes. yes. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Mm -hmm. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Okay, now hang on. So he's telling the disciples, let, don't be, let your heart be troubled. And one of the things that you find out is that when Yahshua was around, uh, they were fed. They were fed spiritually, physically. Nobody bothered them. The, 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 the high priests and all of them, you know, they had Yahshua. Nobody was picking on them. It was, they had living the good life while he was there. Let not your heart be troubled. And he's talking about his relationship to the father in this thing. This is another thing. He says, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. And he talks about Yahweh being his father. You know, so he's been telling him over the three years some of these things. But it's getting serious now because he's going to go away and prepare a place for you. So he's going to get a question from Thomas. And then later he's going to get a question from one of the disciples, Philip. You know, and they... Thomas tries to ask him a question first. So let's go at five here. 14 and five, please. Yes, I'm sorry. I wasn't letting me unmute. Um, and Thomas said unto him, Master, we know not whither you go, and how can we know the way? So we don't know Yahweh, what you're talking about. Where are you going and what's the way? Read. Yahweh said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So when somebody it, says to you, you know, this is the first time he says this. To, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. What the heck, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, I don't know what chapter it is with Nicodemus. I think it's the third chapter of John. Is right. that correct? Yeah, Nicodemus comes to the Messiah because he's been doing all these healings and say, we know that there are a man come from Yahweh because of all the things. And then Yahshua says to him, you got to be born again. And then Nicodemus is scratching his head just like these guys are. What do you mean born again? Do I go back into my mother's womb? And how does that born again? Doesn't make sense. You know, these guys, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the father, but by me. Well, he just asked him, we don't know where you're going and how are we going to get there? And you give me that for an answer. You, you can just see they don't have a spiritual understanding of the purpose 
and what he's going through, what he's fulfilling, what he's all doing. But he's going to tell him in this thing that when I'm gone, the place that's repaired for you by me, for you, is going to give you all the answers. But you can't, you know, it's like talking to a doorknob right now. He's telling them this so they have the record that he said it. And he's going to bring it back to their remembrance. I'm spoiler alert. I'm giving you. He's going to let remind them of this after the Holy Spirit is point. They'll all go, oh, that's what he was talking about. So at this point, they're in the same state I was before I came down to this class. What is this about? This is a strange book. I don't know if I can read this. This would be hard on my, hard to read this without an understanding and just keep going through it. It's like, it's like speaking a whole nother language here. You just can't catch it unless somebody shows you. So that's what we're, our job is here. Thomas said, we don't know the way and where you're going. Read six again down to eight. <clears throat> Yahshua said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Okay, if you so would that's Yahweh. And we weren't even asking to go to the Father. We want to know where you're going. Go. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. And now Philip has a good question. Philip said unto him, Master, show us the father and it suffice us. Suffice us. It'll Yashua, be sufficient for us. Yep. Go ahead. Yahshua said unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet you have not known me, for, known me, Philip, you haven't known me, Philip. My thing was cut off. Philip, mm. he that has seen me has seen the father. And how say you then show us the father? Uh -oh. me Go ahead. That father. And the father. I read again, Callie. I keep interrupting you. You got to catch it and pick it back up there. Believe me. What? Believest thou? Ten. Believe you, believe you not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. So what, what are these works he's talking about? He... He kept telling, he kept coming, I'm here to do my father's business. I'm here to do my father's business. And, you know, he fed the fishes to people, the loaves of bread. He talked about blessed are the peacemakers. He, you know, all these things. He went up against, he called the, the priests hypocrites, whitewashed sepulchers, that they were not teaching the law right. They weren't doing anything right. And and he, he was showing them that they had, their own traditions, not the traditions of Yahweh, and all the things that they were doing wrong. And, and you know, the disciples went along with this, and it was cool, but now he's leaving. And all they're going to have is those high priests and those low priests to go to the temple, because everybody goes to the temple all the time. That's what they do in this, in this sect. Anyhow, so, but they don't understand that he was the one that was on see this chart here and that that it says Yahweh is pure spirit and that's cloud and then he Moses is standing halfway up with the 10 commandments Yahweh spoke out of a cloud and made a covenant with these people and 
we have this chart because we go back to the law and show that Yahweh spoke to the people and all that Yahweh said we will do and be obedient. And then the terms were the Ten Commandments plus some 600 or other ordinances. And if you didn't keep one of them, you were guilty of breaking them all under that covenant. And what you come to find out is later on, none were righteous. No, not one. No one could keep the law. No one could keep it. They were always going to the temple for forgiveness because they broke, broke a commandment. And then they had a day of atonement once a year. So they were living in guilt and in sin all the time. On the day of atonement, they were free from it all. The next day, somebody coveted somebody something or somebody stole something from somebody. And basically, one by one, everybody was guilty. There were none that weren't guilty. None weren't guilty. And that's the work. The Yahshua came in. And he was a Jew. Get for me Galatians, uh, what is it, made of a woman, four and three or something like that. Four and he was four born, and four. made of a woman, made under the law. Four Galatians four. Four, four. four, four. There it is. But when the fullness of time was come. What is the fullness yeah. of time? This is Paul's writing. He said, when the fullness of time was come. You know when the fullness of time was come that Paul's talking about? Yahshua came in. And did this work. And he's going to so much say it. Go ahead and read, Mike. Yahweh sent his, sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. What did he do? What did he send him for? To redeem them that were under the law. To redeem. that You, you want to redeem something. You, you buy it back, basically. You want to redeem it. The purchased possession. He does something. He pays the price. He dies on the cross and fulfills the covenant, pays the price to be the boss, to buy them back, to bring them into a new covenant. When he gets through and takes off the flesh and dies on that cross, it's finished. He, and when he was up on the cross, one of the last things he says is, it's finished. And every co old cowboy movie would have, oh, I, he shot me. I'm finished. They'd say that same line. Well, that's not the kind of finished he was talking about it's finished the law the, the covenant between yahweh and the children of israel is done and the one who finished it was the messiah this is what we're going to read here finish that out for me mike pick to, it all up we, and read it again okay when the fullness of time was come yahweh sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. That we might receive an adoption. So they were the chosen people, but now we're going to be adopted or grafted in. The Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews are going to get Pentecost first because it was first given to them. And what you find out is on the day of Pentecost, the Jews received the Holy Spirit, the change of the covenant where it was in them, not external. It wasn't those ordinances anymore. Nothing physical about it anymore. That's a hard thing to grasp by people. Everybody wants to do something. I mean, we can't even accept the present without, you know, by grace. You know, somebody gives you something and I got to get them something next time. We always feel like we got to do something for it. I mean, just it's our nature. Well, this thing was done and there's nothing you can do. Yahshua chooses the ones and gets in them and causes them to do it. This is a long drawn out thing, but. 
this is uh, some of the stuff that they were talking about in last night's class in some effect. They were, they were working with the heart, but you could also say the, the love of the truth is another thing that you, that is Yahshua is the truth. He says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. The truth. He has to fix your heart and he does it by giving you a love of the truth. The truth is going to set you free. The truth is going to be there for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many things in this thing that I want to talk about, but I'm kind of spreading myself thin here. Um, so I got you over there. I showed you Galatians. That was the work. Can we go back into, where were we in 10? Who was reading for me in John uh, 14? I was, and I think we were at 12. We can reread. We can read 11 again. Yeah. Because it's, you know... He does the works in 10 and 11. Oh, believe me. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. You know, and what you find out is he did everything. He went to the baptism of John the Baptist. And everybody went to the baptism because John was burying people because they were guilt with sin. You would confess your sins and he would bury you in the water. He, he was basically like a grave digger. He was burying you. Because you were a sinner. When he went to Yahshua, he said, Where well, have you sinned? And Yahshua said, No. And the, John goes, Well, uh, then I need to be baptized of you. And, and the Messiah goes, You gotta suffer it, John. I'm just fulfilling some stuff here. Come on, guy. You know, that's Jersey style. Hey, come on, you just let me do my job. So, but that's the point of it. Yahshua had something to do, some works to do. And read 12 now. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Mm -hmm. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. They don't understand at this point that what we know is the name of the Messiah uh, get for me, Matthew, uh, what is it, uh, in the first chapter where he, he they shall call his name Yahshua, colon, for he shall save his people. One twenty-one. This is when the, Joseph and Mary are heading to pay their taxes in Nazareth because that's what they had to do about this time. And Mary's found to be with child. And Joseph goes, it wasn't me. I'm not the father. And Mary's going, I don't know what's going on. I haven't been with anybody. And now an angel shows up and tells Joseph something. Go ahead. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call he's telling him. First, he's telling him you're going to have a son. And he's going to, he's telling him what you got to name him. They're not going to get to name him. Because this is a son that Yahweh gave Mary. She didn't have intercourse with anybody. She was impregnated with the Holy Spirit. But here we go. So you shall call his name Yahshua. Why? Definition, colon. There's a colon there. That means this is what the name means. Just like, I'll just throw this in there. Moses had his name, Moses. Moses' name means to draw out. The, the daughter of Pharaoh drew him out of the river, uh, the, the Nile. So she named him Moses because it means to draw out. Yahshua has a name, and Moses had a job to do along with his name. He drew them out of the out of Egypt. His name and his purpose went together. 
Now, Yahshua is going to get a name, read. For he shall save his people from their sins. Who, who's he? Yeshua. And, and what is the, the, but the name, break the name down. You break the name down. The name means, Yah part of it means Yahweh. The Shua part means what, Mike? Salvation. Yahweh is salvation. So it's not even his name. He's given glory unto the purpose or his father, Yahshua. You shall call his name Yahshua, for he, Yahweh, will save his people from their sins. That was Yahweh in that body. There was Yahweh's purpose. That's how him and his father, you see me, you see the father. We need a manifestation to look at. But at the, in the greater works we're going to do, Yahshua had a job to do. He healed some people. He cured, cured people, raised them from the dead. But his big job was to bring an end to that covenant and make an end of it and bring in the new covenant. Now we can raise people spiritually from the dead because of the Holy Spirit and the foolishness of preaching that we use. By preaching the gospel in truth, in spirit and in truth, we can impart that the Holy Spirit can be imparted unto people that are allowed to hear it. But that's also by the Holy Spirit. So this, this is just an interesting chapter. Uh, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. The, the, the tricky part that they didn't know was his name was Yahweh is salvation. So what you ask in the name of Yahweh's salvation, he'll give it. Not a Cadillac, not a new home, not a husband or a wife that you think is going to fix all your problems. What you ask in the name of salvation, Yahweh's salvation. That's the that's the part everybody misses about this. They think if they ask Jesus or ask Yahshua, they'll get something. Well, no, the only thing he's offering is salvation. That's the only thing you need in this purpose right here on planet Earth. You need to be saved. Then we can go on learning everything else after that. But the first thing and the only thing we need to be concerned about is being saved and then preaching the gospel. So then read after 14, 15 here. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will. Where are you? Where are you? You told me to start at 15. Oh, there you go. Yep. Okay. I can start up ahead. No, that's fine. I just didn't. I'm looking at my book and I'm not seeing 15. I was reading 14 <laughs> and 16, but somehow 15 was obscured. It's so tiny. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that mm -hmm. he may abide with you forever. So Yahshua was a comforter to the people, to the, to the disciples. He comforted them. He 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 was up front. Nobody was saying, "What about all your disciples? Let's you know round them up." No, they were just. It was a war between the the priesthood and Yahshua, and the, these were just bystanders. They were. He would always tell them what he was saying, why he said it, why he was teaching this. But read seventeen. Here's another thing about the spirit of truth. Read, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So they got the spirit of truth. You know him. They just don't realize it yet. That's what the spirit of love of the truth is in them and causing them to do follow the ways of Yahshua here. And uh, I will not leave you comfortless, uh, he says in the next verse. Uh, I'm going to be sitting down here soon enough. So let's drop down to the verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, 
The comforter is the Holy Spirit. See, now I grew growing up in not just the Catholics, you know, they were the first church. They started this whole thing after the apostles and the Catholics were first and they ruled uh, Europe and the whole stinking world for a long time. And then Martin Luther King, Martin, not King, Martin Luther, you know, somewhere, I'm not sure if it was the 14th or 12th century, whenever he got going, he stood up because he, uh, I acknowledge, he said that, uh, I acknowledge uh, the uh, it was about grace. He was having a hard time with all the sacraments and all the stuff that the Catholics were doing, and he was. Uh, there's so many places where it talks about grace versus works. Even in the New Testament, they have they don't know how Yahshua fulfilled it. They were still doing works, but he just wanted to cut it down to two sacraments: uh, baptism and the Eucharist. And uh, that's where the first split came. And then they started splitting more and more. And now to this day, there's over 10,000 or something. Sasha knows the number. It's like the national, the, the debt of national debt. There's a clock and it just keeps going up. Well, they got more churches every day, every day, different denominations. And that they're different because they're not saying the same as the next one. So what's, why do you have so many Baptists, first Baptist, second Baptist, you know, the Trinity church, the, the, the whatever, the Holy Ghost Church, you know, there's, I in Mount Horeb, where I live, little town, I bet we got five, six Lutheran churches. Why do we need so many? They're all Lutheran church, but this one's uh, this kind of Lutheran, and this one's this guy, and, and, and you ask them, well, how come you don't all just get together? And Because they teach this way, and we teach that. They're all Lutherans, but there are things that they don't agree with, you know, and, and, that's why the comforter is the Holy Spirit in 26 read. And he's going to do, he's going to say in there, I'm going to bring everything back to your remembrance. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Go ahead. Peace, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go, he, you know, later he's going to talk about how Peter's going to deny him on the night of his crucifixion. And Peter's like, I'm never going to do that. Well, no, you did it, Peter, you know, and so on. And then when you find out after, the, you know, you got the Acts of the Apostles or, and Pentecost is in the first and second chapter. Uh, and it talks about what Pentecost did and they spoke in different languages but by the fourth chapter, uh, Peter and John uh, are arrested for healing a man. Now they have the power. They, they, the, the apostles were given powers to heal. And they went out and healed people. And because they healed a man on the Sabbath, out in front of uh, one of the temples, they were uh, arrested and made to go to see the high priest Annas and Caiaphas and John and all these other big muckety-mucks in the Judaism religion. And they asked him, by what power or by what name have you done this? And, he, you know, they, and then after there's a whole conversation in the fourth chapter, but in verse 13, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they had boldness after they had received the spirit. They were able to stand in the truth 
stand in the love of the truth, stand and deliver the gospel, whether, you know, just like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego under the law, or Daniel in the lion's den. If Yahweh wills it, he'll deliver me. If not, it'll be his will. And he delivered them out of the lion's jaws and delivered them out of the fiery furnace. And, and these bold men stood before the ones that they were afraid of before, and no Yahshua, but the comforter is now in them. And they have a better understanding of what he was doing because that same spirit that was in him is now in them. So I'd like to uh, relinquish the floor. And I didn't have time to type. So I'm just going to tell them, Sasha, you're the next speaker. Thank you. You're not mute, unmuted, Sasha. I got it. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me well? We yes. do. Yeah, I had to uh, to get my microphone on, so that's what happened. Well, it's uh, it's good to be here. I uh, enjoyed uh, the first speakers. Now, now I understand why I am not uh, getting a Cadillac. I guess I wasn't, I wasn't praying correctly. Um, it's uh, and I, I appreciate uh, uh, the visiting brethren, and I uh, am mindful that we have returning visitors. So I will try to work uh, with the scripture reading. I don't know why uh, Steve kind of missed the section. Uh, from verse 16 to 26, but actually this is the section which was on my mind to work with. So I guess it was done for a reason. So this is a, a important uh, chapter to understand. And there are two uh, main principles in what, um, in uh, verses 16 and further, which I would like uh, to break down, to work with. Uh, let's um, let's read again. Uh, John 14, starting with verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Yeah, sorry uh, for interrupting you, Kelly. Actually, to make it easier for uh, people who may not have the Bibles with them, and I'm thinking about returning visitors. And uh, Rick, may I share the screen, please? Okay, great. Just a second. So please let me know if you see this so uh, chapter. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, so it's even better, I hope. So please uh, read, uh, first read from the beginning, uh, verses from 1 to 3, and then uh, drop down from 16. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, 
that where I am, there you may be also. Thank you. So Yahshua is telling his disciples that he has to go, but he is going to come again. He is going to come back. Now in Christianity, they think that in this chapter, uh, Yahshua or Jesus, as they erroneously call him, he's talking about his second coming when saying that I will come again. And the people are still waiting for him because they think that he didn't come yet. Continue on. Uh, but Yahshua is talking about, uh, he is talking about his uh, second coming. He is talking about uh, him coming back to his disciples. But it's a different coming as the Christian world is thinking right now. Continue on reading because Yahshua explains it later on in uh, verses from 16 to 20. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. For the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him not. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me, because I live you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Thank you. So I kind of highlighted in uh, red letters kind of important uh, parts and bolded some other parts as well. Just let's analyze it, because this is a religious and scientific research organization. So in verse 3, Yahshua saying, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So it's important. And Yahshua is saying about him, uh, himself that I am the truth. So he is the truth. He cannot lie. He's saying, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. Now then he's saying, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. Now, people went, uh, and uh, I remember myself before coming to class, and I was thinking that when Yahshua is talking about another comforter, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, in a Christian uh, teaching, there is a concept of Trinity. Uh, which have uh, three uh, distinct persons in the Godhead. The Father, the Son, who is uh, uh, Jesus, or correctly, Yahshua, and the Holy Spirit. And they teach there are uh, different, uh, different entities, like different persons. So another comforter, it's a different person from Yahshua. That's what the Christianity teaches. And that's what Yahshua is telling them. He is going to, after his death, burial, resurrection. That's the way it's being taught in the religious world. Uh, Jesus went to heaven where he is sitting on the right hand of the Father. 
but uh, he didn't leave them comfortless. He sent, instead of himself, he sent the third person of Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Again, Christianity is thinking it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And it is talking about the Holy Spirit. But in Christianity is saying that Holy Spirit is distinct from Yahshua. So uh, even the Holy Spirit, uh, even the spirit of truth, uh, and we read that Yahshua said about himself, I am the truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him. Now Yahshua is telling them, the world doesn't see this Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit obviously is invisible. But he's saying, but you know uh, him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So Yahshua is telling him, telling the disciples that there's another comforter, the spirit of truth, it's uh, with them right now when he is speaking. He is with them. And who was with them? Yahshua himself was with them and he was a comforter for them. Because when they would have a problem, they would come to Yahshua uh, and saying, you know, Rabbi, what shall we do? And he would tell them, uh, you know, what they should do in this and uh, other cases. So he was comforting them all the time. And uh, uh, the world uh, didn't know uh, who Yahshua was. And uh, when he asked disciples if they knew who he was, the Peter said, well, we know that uh, you are the Messiah, the son of the living El. So, he, you know, they knew that he is uh, uh, the messenger sent from Yahweh. So he's saying that here, there's another comforter, the spirit of truth. I'm looking at the bolded parts. He dwells with you and shall be in you. So the same one who is with them right now, it was Yahshua, he is going to be in you. And then we're going to read letters. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He didn't say the Holy Spirit will come to you, although he could say that and it would be true too. He said, I will come to you. He said, I will come again. How he will come? He will be in you, he said. There's another comforter. So he is telling them. Of course, they don't understand while he is speaking with them, but uh, he will, they will understand later, as Steve uh, already read, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance whatever I told you. And on the day of Pentecost, uh, it uh, brought uh, back to the remembrance this conversation they had because they experienced this comforter or the Holy Spirit within them, which they didn't have at this time in John 14th chapter. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them, but they had Yahshua or the Holy Spirit with them. So he's telling them he is going to come 
and he fulfilled his promise on the day of Pentecost after his death, burial, resurrection, and 50 days later, he came as the another comforter, as the Holy Spirit, which is the same as Spirit of Yasha on the day of Pentecost. And then he said, yet a little while, and the world sees me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall live also. Now, just think about it. Yahshua is telling them, he is the spirit of truth. He is telling him, his disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now, in the Christian world, they say he didn't come for 2,000 years. Now, all these disciples, they died within, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, some sooner, some later, but definitely, you know, uh, uh, you know, many, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago or so. But they, in Christianity, they still wait for him to come. Now, Yahshua fulfilled his promise. He didn't lie. When he told them that he's not going to leave them comfortless, that he will come to, come to them, he did come to them. Because the world missed his true second coming. Yahshua came to his disciples and he has been in the world ever since. And if you and I believe the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, he will come into you and me also. And uh, if we do believe the true gospel, so we uh, do have the Holy Spirit by the grace of Yahshua uh, the Messiah. And that's why we are preaching this uh, gospel. So we will be, uh, let's, let's go back to the verse uh, three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, where Yahshua was when he was speaking for his disciples, he was on, in this physical world, but it was the Holy Spirit. He was a personification of the uh, Holy Spirit, but he was in the kingdom, standing with them on a physical earth plane, in a physical body. And he wants us to, uh, uh, to transfer, to not transfer, but to take us to the to, to the mansions he is talking about. These mansions are not the Translate. houses. Translate, thank you. No, these mansions are not uh, the houses uh, which are built in heaven and people teach it in the Christianity that when we die, uh, some people have visions about it. You know, there are actually heavenly houses or mansions where we will be living in. So they don't understand the spiritual significance or the spiritual truth about it, that these mansions are the kind of our part in Yahshua's body, in Yahshua's kingdom, or these mansions is the portion of the Holy Spirit within the spirit 
of Yahshua the Messiah. The spirit of Yahshua the Messiah would be likened like to the kingdoms, uh, the, the kingdom of uh, heaven or kingdom of Yahweh. And these portions of the Holy Spirit he is given to us would be like mansions. But he had to prepare, he had to die, he had to resurrect and go to the Father so then he can send this Holy Spirit to this earth plane or to translate the disciples into this kingdom, into uh, the kingdom of heaven or into these mansions. Please, uh, uh, let's verify it. Let's read in Colossians 1 uh, and 13. You may pick it up probably at, at 11. Colossians 1 11. Strengthen also, I'm sorry, strengthen with all might according to the, his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Yes, he has translated, and Dr. Kelly emphasized that it's already happened, translated to the kingdom of uh, his dear son or to the father's house. It's, uh, it's the same thing Yashu is talking about. Now, so that's one of the uh, principles I wanted to bring up um, with this uh, scripture reading in John 14th chapter. Another uh, principle, which is, it's not, well, the principle, there are two uh, parallel principles, I should say, I'm talking about. One is the second coming of Yahshua, the Messiah, within the person as the Holy Spirit. And the second, uh, likened to it on parallel to this, that Yahshua is the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but when you when I start coming to class and I heard um, the moderation about the names and I heard that um, the name of uh, the Holy Spirit in or out of the physical body is Yahshua the Messiah, I didn't quite understand it uh, because it was really against what I was uh, hearing in the churches. Again, in the church, in the churches, Jesus Christ, or correctly, Yahshua the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit, it's two different um, uh, persons. But let me give you some other witnesses in the book showing that uh, uh, Yahshua is the Holy Spirit. So I'll, I'll go, uh, well, if somebody can, can help me reading, this would be nice. This is Psalms 90, 95, verses from 7 to 11. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. 
unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Thank you. Who is um, the author of uh, most of the Psalms? David. It's David. So David is writing that. Now, Apostle Paul is quoting the same Psalm, and I'm not going to quote all of it because it's really the same Psalm. He is quoting it in Hebrews chapter 3, 7, and 11. And, uh, well, let me go back. But in the beginning, he's saying, therefore, now Paul is adding, as the Holy Ghost says, today, if you hear his voice, and then he uh, recites or repeats the psalm. Now, Paul is saying, that's what the Holy Ghost is saying. It's not David was saying it, but it was the Holy Ghost through David was saying that, according to Paul. Let's see what Peter is saying. First Peter 1, 10, 11, please read. Of which salvations the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what in what manner of time the spirit of the Messiah, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of the Messiah and the glory that should follow. Thank you, Mike. So again, I'll just highlight it in red. You see, it? that's uh, Paul is saying, this is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is talking through David. And the Peter is saying that the spirit of the Messiah was in them, was in the prophets. Again, showing the witness that the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is not different, but it's the same as the Spirit of the Messiah. Let's go to another witness. And uh, I'll just read it for, uh, for the sake of time. In 1 Timothy 2 and 5, we read that for there is one Yahweh and one mediator between Yahweh and man, the man, Yahshua, the Messiah. In Romans 2.26, the same Paul is saying, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And a little bit later, in the same chapter of Romans, Paul is saying, verse 34, Who is he that condemns? Is it the Messiah? It is the Messiah that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of Yahweh, who also makes intercession for us. So who makes uh, intercession. To make intercession, it means to mediate. It says it's only one mediator between Yahweh and man. This is Yahshua. But in Romans, we read that the Holy Spirit or Spirit is making intercession for us. And also, it's talking about the Messiah is making intercession for us. Now, in the Christianity, there may be confusion 
because they think there are two different persons. But in uh, reality, in truth, there is no confusion because the spirit of the Messiah, it's not different than the Holy Spirit. And he is the only mediator between us and uh, Yahweh, not uh, the Pope of Rome, not our Dean, uh, not uh, uh, Mary as in the Catholic uh, Church they teach and, and the saints can uh, mediate uh, for us, between us and God, but it's only Yahshua the Messiah. Let's uh, read another example. Now you can help me reading from Romans 8 chapter verses from 9 to 11. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of Yahweh dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of the Messiah, he has none of his. And if the Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Yahshua from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up the Messiah from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Right. So you see there are a lot of different spirits it seems to be dwell in people. The spirit of Yahweh, I just made it in red. Spirit of Yahweh dwells in you. Uh, spirit, the Messiah uh, dwells uh, in you. Spirit of him that uh, raised up Yahshua from the dead or spirit the Father dwells in you. Now, again, in Christianity, spirit of the Father and uh, spirit of Yahshua, there are uh, two, two different uh, persons. But it's not different. It's unity between Yahweh, uh, Yahshua, and the Holy Spirit because it's, it's talking about one and the same thing. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, uh, Steve, how much time do I have? Or if I have any time left? You're, you're done at 25 after, so you'll get a five-minute okay. 20 after. So I have about, because I don't see the class screen i'm looking at powerpoint so i will be done in 10 minutes sounds good so because of that let me give you another example in 10 minutes example of dove now why we are talking about dove because in matthew 3 16 17 we read um, that after the baptism it's talking about um, th uh, that the spirit of yahweh descends like a dove on Yahshua, the Messiah. It doesn't mean that Yahshua did not have the Holy Spirit. He was the Holy Spirit personified, but it was needed to uh, do as a, as a sign, you know, as uh, so the scripture, uh, it's according to the tabernacle pattern. Death, Yahshua was the lamb slain from foundation of the world. Now he is buried in the water or baptized it had to be principle of the uh, spirit. And there are other things Yasha fulfilled by that. The point is, because I have limited time, I'm trying to make is the Holy Spirit is likened to a dove. And we're talking about Yasha being the Holy Spirit. Now in Genesis 8 chapter, please read really quick uh, Genesis 8 from 6 to 12. 
Genesis whoever's eight, vegan. Yep. Please. Genesis 8, 6. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. And he sent forth a raven, which went to and fro forth unto the waters, until the waters were dried up from off the earth. And he also sent forth a dove from him to see the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. So the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her into unto him in, in the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, her mouth was, and in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So no one knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again to him any more. Right. So because uh, it found the uh, dry ground. So what happened with the dove? It was sent like uh, three times. First time he uh, flew away and went back. Second time the dove returned with the olive leaf back to the ark. And the third time the, uh, the dove led to the dry ground, didn't return. So kind of demonstrating the principle of salvation. Now, please uh, uh, look, and I found it very uh, uh, exciting and interesting to see how Yahshua fulfilled, because Yahshua is the Holy Spirit. Dove manifests the Holy Spirit. And Yahshua fulfilled it actually as Joshua, or Yahshua, son of Nun, with Moses, and he fulfilled it when he was in a physical uh, body uh, 2,000 uh, years ago. Now, with Joshua, uh, you remember, uh, away in back. You remember that in 24th chapter of Exodus, we read how Joshua uh, and Moses went to the top of the mountain and uh, and they were there for 40 days and uh, 40 nights. And then Moses and Yahshua came back to the people. So it was 20 days and Moses, and then he came back. Then the second time, uh, when they came to uh, 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 out of um, uh, Egypt uh, to the wilderness, uh, uh, Joshua was sent as a spy. And then uh, he came back from Canaan's land with this uh, olive branch, so to speak, or with a good report. Look, this is a great uh, land and we can have it. Now, the third time, Yahshua, son of Nun, led Israel to Canaan's land and led to salvation. Really kind of uh, mimicking or paralleling what happened or fulfilling what happened with the dove in Noah's ark. Now look at what happened with Yahshua. Uh, First, away in the back. Where can we see it? Well, 40 days in the wilderness. You remember after Yahshua was water baptized uh, by um, John, he went 
uh, he left his disciples and uh, went to, uh, uh, or he left the uh, people and went in the solitude to the wilderness for 40 days, fulfilling children of Israel. But then he came back. Then, second uh, time, he, uh, after his death, and uh, uh, he died, and uh, uh, he, uh, after his death, he left them in the physical body, and he returned in the spiritual body. body. So he returned with a good report, because there is a life after death. There is a resurrection, as he was telling his disciples before that. And uh, then, uh, as already was uh, told, he went uh, to the father and uh, he gave the, uh, to, the, um, to the kingdom, uh, to the uh, house of Yahweh, so to speak, or uh, uh, to, you know, to the kingdom of heaven, let's say, and uh, to, to do what? To uh, demonstrate the way for the people there, because he gave them his Holy Spirit and took, uh, and took the people where uh, he was in the eternal uh, kingdom. So he led the people to salvation. And I see I have two, uh, three minutes left. So it also demonstrates what's happening with our soul when we come uh, to class to hear the gospel uh, being uh, preached by the Holy Spirit, because this is the Holy Spirit uh, who is the teacher or preacher uh, in the class. We say that Yahshua is the teacher and he is the teacher, but he is the Holy Spirit. They are the same. So. What happens when person comes to class and the first, what usually happens, people hear the gospel being preached, but it kind of bouncing off from people's mind and they come. So it's like the Holy Spirit comes, the people hear the gospel, but it doesn't leave any, kind of doesn't make any effect, doesn't on the people. But then, the people are receiving vision. So after the repetitions, line upon line, percept upon percept, people see, oh, there is something in this teaching. We can see how everything organized. We see how everything goes according to this tabernacle pattern. We don't know why it's happening, but we know that there is some organization. Something is into it that the story with Moses and the story with the children of Israel and the story with Isaac and Abraham and the story with Jonah, it's all pointing to the death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua, the Messiah. So it's like the Holy Spirit returned, you know, with a promise, promise of the good things to come. And what are the good things to come? It's receiving the revelation. You understand, oh, that's what it means. It means Yahshua is real. It means Yahweh is salvation. And we can experience this salvation in our soul because we can experience that uh, we die to the principles of the world. We are die to our sinful nature. We are buried or 
baptized or washed with the true gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah. And then we are resurrected with uh, Yahshua in uh, uh, believing uh, uh, of uh, Yahweh's uh, uh, purpose. As it's expressed, why, why don't we read it? This is the last scripture and time done. It's uh, Colossians 2, start with 9, please. Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of the Messiah, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of Yahweh, who has raised him from the dead, through the faith in operation of Yahweh, we're receiving this revelation or receiving Yahshua or receiving the Holy Spirit. I hope it was uh, clear and uh, uh, edifying. And if it was, all praise and glory be to Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker will please be the Dean of the Oceanside California School, Dr. Dennis Volpe. I want to say good evening to everyone and welcome all the people that have got involved tonight to came here to listen to the gospel. I want to try to show you uh, another aspect. I thought that the first two speakers did a great job uh, setting up and showing you something about this purpose and the way it works. And I want to just take it one, one step further. Now, the scripture that we read tonight is Yahshua instructing, or I'll say it this way, letting them know, A, that something is going to happen to him, B, that they, wouldn't, they won't be left alone, and that he would put his spirit in them. Now, those things, ladies and gentlemen, are very, very key in the way Yahweh is setting up his purpose here, because everything ultimately is about you worshiping Yahweh in spirit and in truth. So I want you to go over to John, uh, I believe it's 423, if I'm not mistaken. I want you to start there, uh, where he talks about the true worshipers. So start there. John 4 and 23, but the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, for the Father's... okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish that. For the Father seeks such to worship him. All right. Now, Yahweh wants to be worshiped in spirit and in truth. Now, obviously, if they were doing that from the Mosaic law given at Mount Sinai, then Yahshua would not have made the statement that Yahweh wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth, and he's seeking the true worshipers. Now, one of the things that we read in our scripture tonight, let's go back, hold your finger there, by the way, in John, and I want to go back over to the 14th chapter again, where we started out here. Uh, let's see here, let me go back there. Hang on one second, and I'll tell you where we can go here. All right, John 14, let's go back to 14. And we read this, and I don't remember which verse he talks about. Uh, let's see. 
where he was going to send us. Uh, hang on. 16. Well, let me look here. 16. Let's see what we got. Well, I don't want the. Yes, that's where I want to start. 16 and 17. I'm after 17, but start at 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even now, the Spirit of truth, whom the world... Go, okay, one thing I just want to mention about that scripture. Now, he said he's going to give you another comforter. Now, what Yash was doing is drawing a distinction here, and it's already been pointed out, between him comforting them, being with them in a physical body, and him then comforting them by no longer being exterior to them, but actually being right within them. That's what he's setting up here. So read the next verse, Callie, please. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, All right. it sees him. All right, that's an important point I want to key in on. He's going to give you the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive. Now, what we read over here in John, the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse, are you still there, Michelle? I'm still there, yeah. Re read yeah, that again, please, 23. Um, but the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship, worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, he's talking, of, he's talking about being a true worshiper and worshiping in spirit and in truth. Now, in the 15th verse, uh, chap, excuse me, over there where we read in the 14th chapter, I think the 15th or 16th verse, he said, even the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive. Now, what we're looking at here is we're looking at that there is a particular spirit that is absent from those people, obviously, that were gathered around Mount Sinai that spent 1,500 years trying to establish their own righteousness. There was something missing. Now, when the Messiah makes the statement, there isn't one person in Israel at that time that had the Holy Spirit. The last one that had the Holy Spirit was John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist told them at the baptism, he said, I must decrease so that he may increase. Now, John was born with the Holy Spirit. His job was to bring the gather the people together that were confessed sinners waiting for the advent of the announcement and revelation of the man that would be the Messiah. And John himself did not know that his cousin Yahshua was just that man. He did not know that until he saw the sign of the Spirit descending upon Yahshua. Now, that dissension of the Spirit that we just talked about there, I want to make a point about this. Now, Yahshua is fulfilling something here. Now, we know that he is the Holy Spirit and has the Holy Spirit. I'll put it in those two terms. But we also see that there's a spirit now that's descending upon him. And that was only known by John the Baptist. John the Baptist was told before he uh, 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 before Yahshua came to him that the one that you see the Spirit descend upon, that's going to be the one that's the, that is the, the true Messiah. Now, that was a vision unto John. Now, once that Spirit descends upon Yahshua, here's what he's fulfilling. He's fulfilling receiving a double portion of Spirit. 
And you can read about that both in the law and in the prophets. You can read about uh, uh, Elijah, Eliyah, and Elishua. Uh, those two prophets, when Elijah, uh, as it were, was taken up into heaven, he threw back his mantle or his cloak and told Elishua that if, if he caught that cloak, that he would receive a double portion of the Spirit, which he did. He received that portion that was in Elijah was now put within him. Now, also in the law, Moses was born with the Holy Spirit. When Joshua, the son of Nun, took him up Mount Nebo, just before they were going to cross over into the Promised Land or Canaan's Land, Moses was taken up in the mountain there to die, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we know there was nothing wrong with him. He wasn't sick. He was, it says his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. What had happened is when he was taken up there, that spirit that was in him left him and entered into Yahshua the son of Nun. Yahshua the son of Nun received a double portion. Now here's the reason for that. First of all, before the day of Pentecost, nobody down through the law and the prophets died with the Holy Spirit. Every one of them died devoid of the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, why is that? Well, two things here. Number one, the Holy Spirit was not permanent back then. It was temporary. Second of all, if somebody died with the Holy Spirit, they would not have needed the Messiah to come in and redeem them. Therefore, every one of them from Adam on down died devoid of the Holy Spirit, needing salvation and to be redeemed by Yahshua the Messiah. So John, uh, or Yahshua over there with Moses, that's, that portion went into Yahshua. Yahshua became the one that would take them into their inheritance and conquer the land. And that had to be set up in a type and a shadow. And Elijah, who was a great prophet, had to pass his mantle over or his authority over to Elshua or Elishua, uh, which means Elohim is salvation. He had to pass that over to him, uh, which means that that portion was now given to Elijah. So when the Messiah comes in, he has to fulfill that. So John the Baptist is born with the Holy Spirit, and what ends up happening is at the baptism, that portion of spirit that was in John was taken from him and then went into Yahshua, which shows him receiving, as it were, an, uh, a double portion. Now, another reason for that is this. In order for Yahshua to make an atonement, and don't forget, this occurrence at the, at the baptism that we're talking about with John the Baptist and Yahshua was the beginning of his ministry. And if you understand that Yahshua's coming in out of the tribe of Judah, which is the kingship tribe, after the order of Melchizedek, or Melchizedek, which means he was king and high priest. Now, to follow the manifestation that was set up by Moses back there in the wilderness, when Aaron began his ministry as high priest, he had to both wash and anoint Aaron at the labor of water. So at that labor of water, first there was the washing or the cleansing, and then anointing, which symbolizes the receiving of the Holy Spirit to begin the office of the high priest. 
when the Messiah then begins his ministry at 30 years old, because you have to be 30 in order to be, uh, you have to be at least 30 to become a high priest under the law. So now Yahshua begins his ministry at 30, and he's now in the beginning of his ministry going to have to have two things happen. He's got to be washed by one that has the Holy Spirit and receive then an anointing. So John the Baptist had the Holy Spirit. Moses had the Holy Spirit when he anointed Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. So what happens is Yahshua in fulfillment now is going to John. The, the baptism is symbolic of a cleansing or a washing. And therefore, we've got Yahshua fulfilling the being washed by one with the Holy Spirit, and then he receives that portion right within himself. Now, later, when John was put in prison, the disciples who used to follow John the Baptist went to visit him, and this is what John reported. He said, is he the one, or shall we look for another? He lost his understanding or his aspect of uh, uh, that portion of spirit was now gone with him, and he was not sure whether Yahshua was the Messiah or not. Yet he de he declares him uh, before he goes, after that anointing there, he said, Behold the Lamb of Yahweh that comes to take away the sins of the world. So he points him out. That was his job, was to point out the Messiah. Once that is done, he now is devoid of the Holy Spirit. So what I want you to see is this. That what we've got here is we got the operation of spirit that must take place here for the Messiah has to have the only one that has the Holy Spirit. And I can put it like this. He's the only one that had any righteousness. There wasn't another man on the planet that had any righteousness. All of the scribes, the Pharisees, the priests, they too had sin. And if you remember, the Levites... And the Levitical priesthood, the high priest, had to go up first for his own sins on the day of Pentecost. Now, the Messiah doesn't have any sin, so there's no need for an atonement for him. Now, he then becomes the culmination of all righteousness, and he's the only one that has the Holy Spirit, which is true righteousness. Therefore, Yahshua is now empowered to bring forth eternal forgiveness and salvation to the souls that Yahweh has given unto him to receive that, uh, if you will, redemption and atonement that would be made for them. So when the Messiah makes the statement at the woman, in the, woman at the well that Yahweh seeks to be worshipped in spirit and in truth, which are the true worshipers, that's because before Yahshua there were no true worshipers. And how do you figure that? Because in order to be a true worshiper, you would have to have the spirit of truth. You can't do it in of yourself. You can't say, well, you know, uh, uh, at the mountain he said to do this, that, and the other thing. That's what the scribes thought, or the Pharisees. They thought they were righteous because they were doing what they felt God commanded through Moses there at Mount Sinai. But what they didn't realize, that was all type shadows and allegories, and none of them received the Holy Spirit that were gathered around that mountain. Neither did the 70 elders. Uh, receive the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is the only spirit of truth. It is the only true way to worship Yahweh in spirit and in truth. So without the Holy Spirit, 
You, it is impossible for you to worship Yahweh in the way that he desires to be worshipped. So, all of that being said, let's go back over to John 4, read 23 again, and then I want you to read 24. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Read. For the Father seeks such to worship him. Yahweh is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right. All right. Now, I want to make a point about that. Now, Yahshua says to them that Yahweh is spirit. He's telling them something about their creator, that he is spirit. Now, they don't understand what spirit is. I, under, I realize that. At that point, they didn't understand it. But he's setting it up by making the statement that Yahweh is spirit because it'll be revealed later on the day of Pentecost to those that receive it. Now, what I want you to see is when the Messiah here, uh, since Yahweh desires to be worshipped in spirit and in truth, that sets up the necessity that Yahshua has to take off that physical body and put his spirit, which is the spirit of truth, in those bodies in order for them to worship Yahweh in spirit and truth. It is absolutely impossible if he remained in the flesh for anybody else to worship Yahweh in spirit and truth because you can't do that without the Holy Spirit in you. It's just that simple. So what I'm showing you is how Yahweh's got this purpose operating here. And what I'm showing you is in the 14th chapter of John, what he's saying to them then, he knew that they would not understand yet. When he said, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you, they think he's taking a trip somewhere and he's going to have this mansion or whatever, that he's going to have a room for each one of them because, uh, you know, they, they, they got a carnal uh, idea in their mind of what they think is going, you know, Yash was talking about there. In truth, they did not, they didn't have a clue. So, all of it has to be said, and he tells them, what I tell you in darkness, speak ye in light. In other words, what I'm telling you now, you that you don't understand, it's still not clear to you, you're in darkness. Once you have the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit will illuminate your heart and mind and reveal to you the spiritual reality of all these things that I'm telling you. So what I want you to see about that is that it wasn't until the day of Pentecost that man was able then at that point by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit entering into their hearts and minds or in their soul, that was when the beginning of the spiritual worship of Yahweh in spirit and truth comes to effect, or that's when it starts, right then and there. And so um, the world now, of course, doesn't know any parts of this. And I want to say this, it's important for you to see this, that everything that was set up in types, shadows, and allegory back there before the day of Pentecost that Yahweh set up, that they thought was the proper way to worship. Those things were going to be brought to an end. You already know that, that he came to fulfill. And he has to fulfill the law he has to fulfill the ordinances of the law. He has to fulfill the holidays, feast days. He's got to do all that stuff. But he also has to put an end to physical form of worship in order for the true worship to be done in spirit and in truth. He's got to move the first one out of the way as a form of worship and usher in something 
that is now the reality of what Yah how Yahweh wants to be worshipped. And what I want you to see is that everything Yahweh Elohim set up back there down through the law and the prophets, those things don't just end at the cross, I'll put it that way. There is a spiritual counterpart that applies after the cross. So that anything that you're looking at back there, you don't get to the cross and then we can put it in the garbage can because it's now it's finished, he, he fulfilled it, and we don't need it anymore. What you need to understand is all that stuff is pointing to some spiritual aspect of how Yahweh wants to be worshipped now since the day of Pentecost. The natural things are leading you to the spiritual principle or the reality. Now, I remember when I first came into class, our dean used to say to us, you got to take, you got to get it past the cross. And he wasn't talking about, yeah, they had water baptism back there and and uh, or and, and, and Passover supper. We got to keep doing that now on this side of the cross. That's not what he was talking about. He's talking about it was finished. And what comes after that is the spiritual reality of it now being done in a spiritual, uh, with a spiritual heart and mind and a spiritual understanding. We are partaking of the supper. We are partaking of the lamb. We are eating Yahshua's words. We are partaking of his flesh of his soul now and the blood of his soul every time we come down here to class. This is how we're worshiping Yahweh, by coming down here and learning of him and receiving that body of Yahshua now spiritually so into our souls that is causing us to be quickened and changed. There's, we don't come to class just to get information so we have we know the Bible uh, from uh, uh, Genesis to Revelation. That's not what it's all about. It's about what you're learning causing changes to take place down deep inside your heart and soul that causes you to become a different creature or a different person, I'll say it that way, than you were when you walked in the door. Now, if you're the same person, the same way you are, were back before you came into this teaching, and now after you've heard all these things, you're still doing and thinking and acting the same way, there's something wrong. It's not having the desired impact in you. Now, uh, I know that it takes the Holy Spirit to open it up and reveal it, and then the, then the changes come about as a result of the Holy Spirit revealing to you the spiritual reality of Yahweh and how his purpose and plan operates and what part you are in that. Because remember tonight, uh, and, and, and Sasha had the, 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 the presentation that he did. He had there where Yahshua talked about how uh, um, I and you, you and me, or I'm in the Father and, I, and you and me and I and you, however that was worded. One point I want to make clear to you. Uh, get me John 1.18 really quick, please. John 1 and 18. No man has seen the Father at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, uh, Kelly, I just want to ask you a question. Did you read that uh, the only begotten Son, which was in the bosom of the Father, will declare him to you? Which is. Which is. Not was, 
We think that when Yahweh took on shape and form right within himself and then manifested in the flesh, that now Yahshua is no longer in the bosom of Yahweh. Yahshua is in the bosom of Yahweh, whether he's in a physical body or whether he's in that incorporeal body. He is abiding right within the Father himself. Because at all times, his consciousness and his awareness of Yahweh is within him and he's receiving revelation and instructions from pure spirit of the things that he was to do, say, and, 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 and even all those miracles that we talk about that he did was under the direction of Yahweh. Now, if you remember when Lazarus died and Yahshua came uh, after four days, and we all know how that correlates with the 4,000 years from Adam down to him. But what we also know is that Yahshua got permission from Yahweh to raise Lazarus from the dead. He doesn't do these things. Uh, I'll put it this way. I, I, I have no other way to say this than the way I'm going to say it. He doesn't do it based on, quote, his free will. He's doing the will of the Father. Everything he does is because he understands the purpose and what Yahweh wants to have accomplished. Therefore, he acts in accord with the instruction by spirit law of what to do, what to say, and what he's going to manifest to the world. And then, even after Pentecost, what he's going to reveal to us incrementally. That is all under the direction of Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. You don't go around Yahshua to get to the Father. The Father is in him, and unless you are in Yahshua, you have no connection to the Father whatsoever. Because even though we're all made from spirit, every one of us were created from the substance of spirit. And Paul said it like this over in Romans, the ninth chapter. He said, out of the same lump of clay, the potter has power to make one vessel unto honor and one unto dishonor. Now, it's the potter that creates the honorable vessel. You don't create yourself as being honorable. And it's the potter that also created the devil and put within him a nature that would be his part to play in the purpose, which is to be an adversary, to be the opposite for contrast for us to understand the difference between the uh, righteous nature of the Holy Spirit and of Yahweh versus this unrighteous nature that is manifested by the mystery of iniquity. So that has to happen. The, the, the devil is a necessary part in order for the purpose to be accomplished. And Dr. Kinley used to say this to us. He said, now the devil is an asset to me, but a liability to you. Now, how is he an asset? Well, Doc once said this to me one time. <laughs> he said to me, I'm laughing when I think about this. He said, did you know that uh, Lucifer is, giving, uh, is glorifying Yahshua? Uh, I went like this. I went, what? Just like that, because I was shocked. He goes, oh, yes. He says, by him being as bad as he is, he's making Yahshua look good. Now, the devil is a perfect tool in Yahweh's purpose to, to make us understand the great glory and the great beauty and the great nature that of Yahshua that is a representation of the nature of Yahweh himself. And so the devil is necessary. And I'm showing you, everything is going back this way. 
that Yahweh is making himself known to his creatures. That was his intent for having the purpose to start with. But he's doing it through Yahshua the Messiah. And when Yahshua said, I am the way and the truth, he is the spirit of truth and he's the only one that has that spirit of truth. You didn't walk in the door. I know we all like to think we're all honest. Everybody thinks, oh, I don't lie. And that's a lie. When people tell me, oh, I don't lie, I know immediately you're a liar. And what you did is you've lied to yourself because you ignored your conscience when you have lied. And I just want you to know that every one of us, let Yahshua be uh, uh, the sum total of righteousness and let all of us be liars. In other words, let us all recognize there's nothing about us that we bring to the table when we come into class that causes Yahweh to say, you know, that Dennis is not such a bad guy. Why don't I just go ahead and give him my spirit? I was a bad guy when I walked in, and I know that. And I know that I have no rights to claim anything that is manifested through me that represents Yahshua Messiah for me to think that I'm so hot and I, uh, that's my glory. Listen, that in itself shows there's something wrong with me. I know that I am under the auspices of his kindness and mercy towards me. And I also know that when Yahshua manifests, I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just not going to do it because I know that I'm in wide-eyed amazement of Yahshua manifesting those things through me. And I give him the glory. And I thank him for choosing me. That's, that's the reality of it. But I want you to see the spirit of truth starts with this. Doc said, if you do these three things, you will be saved. If you're honest with yourself and honest with Yahweh and honest with your fellow man. And those are three things that are not easy to accomplish. Because being honest with yourself is you have to face the truth about yourself. And oftentimes we try to not look at that because we want to think highly of ourselves and we want everybody else to think highly of us. Well, I'm here to say that what my, my purpose, and I know this is the purpose of those of you that's sitting out here that have the Holy Spirit, your purpose is to make people think highly of Yahshua and not of you and not anybody else in this, in this teaching to make us think highly of him because he is the expressed image of the Father. And the fact that he is now feeding us within our souls, we're connected to him, uh, grafted into the vine, and all of that wonderful sap that comes up through the trunk, and I see the five minutes, that wonderful sap that's coming up through that trunk is these revelations that are coming up through Yahshua from Yahweh to us, from the Father via Yahshua the Messiah. I want you to go to Revelations, the first chapter again, and read the first couple of verses. Revelations 1. The revelation of Yahshua the Messiah, which Yahweh gave unto him to show unto his servants. Now listen, Yahshua was given a revelation from the Father, from Yahweh, to show unto his servants. And John on the Isle of Patmos was the servant of Yahshua. In other words, Yahshua didn't come up with this idea. It was given to him by the Father. Everything that Yahshua expresses is coming out of that bosom of Yahweh. He's the only one that has that connection. He's the only mediator between the Father and us. So I want you to understand 
You cannot do this without Yahshua be pleasing to the Father. Now, we know that at the end of this age, this is what is going to be the judgment of all of our souls. Yahshua does not want to hear you moaning and making excuses for all the things you did when you violated your conscience. There's only one thing that the Father's interested in. Do I see a soul? I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking as Yahweh. Do I see a soul that is reflecting my great divine attributes? And if that soul is that Yahshua is, is doing the work in each and every one of us, is reflecting divine intelligence and wisdom and love and strength, and all of those things are being reflected through us, that's what Yahweh's looking for. That's the only thing that makes you then acceptable for you to enter into your rest and to be a a true son of Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. You can't do it without him. He's your only hope of glory. And we know that those divine attributes got to be coming right out of him. And it doesn't matter how many things that you've done in the past or whatever you've done, because your salvation begins today if you will hear his voice. And he will he will, ladies and gentlemen, perfect you. He will bring you to the point where he can present you to the Father and you will be acceptable. Yahweh will look at you because of the work of Yahshua, the Holy Spirit that is doing this in your heart. He's going to see his son, Yahshua. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to accept us as beloved sons, and we have become a begotten son by virtue that we are within Yahshua the Messiah. And Dr. Kinley was clear about this. He said, you have choices you can do in this world, but you have no choice about being a member of that body of Yahshua. You have to be chosen to get into it. Now, we have Yahweh under the law, having a chosen bride, a chosen lineage, and he chose them, and he said that, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Not because you were so great either. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But I want you to know that where does that then apply spiritually now after the cross? You have to take what you see demonstrated back in the Law and the Prophets and see the spiritual application of it after Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection, and now we're under the new age. You have to see how there is a chosen back there, and there's a chosen now, that Yahweh chose them before they were even born, and you were chosen before you were even born. It applies spiritually. So I'm out of time. I've got one minute from what I see on my clock, and I just want you to know that that's how we worship Yahweh in spirit, in truth, is by manifesting and reflecting the divine nature. And Yahshua will do that in you. You're not going to do it of yourself. You can't do it. One last scripture. I want you to go to, uh, I think it's 2 Timothy, the 6th chapter. Let's see. Let me go over there real quick here. Hang on one second. Uh, let me find it. No, it's 1 Timothy, 6th chapter. All right? And let me get down here, and I'll tell you where I want you to begin. Hang on. I want you to go to uh, fifth, start at 15, because I don't have time.
I don't have time to just restart at 15. I'll read a couple things when we'll be done. Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Read. Who only has immortality. Now, yeah, listen, Yahshua only. He's the only one that has immortality. You say, well, what about the angels and the devil? Aren't they immortal? Listen, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Immortality means not subject to death. Keep reading. Who only has immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. What do you Amen. think that light is that Yahshua dwells in? He didn't say did dwell in, dwell in, but dwells in it currently. He dwells in that light that we can't see. And I want you to know that we can't approach unto it. That's Yahweh. That's why unless you're in Yahshua, you don't get in the Father. It's that simple. I hope you got something out of it. Thank you for your attention. And uh, peace in Yahshua to all of us. And let's hold each other's arms up and let's encourage each other unto good works. With that, I hand it back to the moderator. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. And we hope you will join us again. The Madison class holds Zoom class every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We ask that you please stay muted until the live stream has ended. We will now be dismissed by the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yahweh, our Savior, to Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.